25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings and Raycon. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, there is nothing better than a hat right true except for a bucket hat and there's nothing better than a bucket hat than bucket hat kyle wow (laughs) what an intro thank you i was thinking about it for days i'm not gonna bullshit have you you? yeah yeah and i like paused because i almost fucked up the the delivery like it was so close (laughs) i think there is better things than hats but i don't know maybe not better than bucket hats i think bucket hats are up there for sure I don't know. Yeah. Welcome, welcome in. Thanks buddy. for having me, guys. I'm, I'm going. It's going. It's going. I'm doing great. How are you two? I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. We are great, and I will say, Jeremy, you made it a whole 37 seconds before you said uh, "fuck" on the podcast. So nice. Hell yeah. Good work. That <laughs> sound like me on the Absolutely. Yeah, I've made it much less, but we've got a fun one, guys. We're going to talk a little bit about the week that has been for the Jackets because it's been a fun one, but it's also been chaos at its peak. And we can't think of anybody better to have on the show to talk about chaos than Bucket Hat Kyle. Um, because I I feel like the entirety of the relationship that we have is focused on chaos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so we like really got to know each other in Traverse City, right? And that's... Right kind of when we all hooked up and really hung out the whole time. But uh, yeah, it was chaotic the entire time we were up there. So there is no doubt in my mind that our entire relationship just feeds off chaos. And I love it. I'm here for every second of it. Don't get me wrong. Yes. To anyone who saw the group of us wandering around Traverse City at like one in the morning. Very um... late, not being able to find the bar we were looking for. Everything was closed. We were by the water. One of us, it was just, it was a mess. Running into a bar that was hosting a furries dance party. Like, oh, right. That's Wait, I right. About that. Oh my god. Good I times. That. I wow. put that away. I put that away for forever. So thank you yeah, for bringing that memories out. for sure. Wow. Well, thank you, to Lord. be honest, I was probably the most sober in that group. Um, oh, so yeah. I remember yeah. all the details. That's fair. That's yeah, very undoubtedly fair, yeah. you were. Undoubtedly, you absolutely were. Well we've got a lot of chaos to talk about today. We've got the Jackets actually winning some hockey games, which feels weird. Um, And I don't know. We'll talk about how you feel about it. I don't know. There's obviously different ways to feel about it, but I think some people feel passionately on either side of it. And, you know. Yeah, I am here. I'm here to watch them like compete. Right. So I, I'm kind of tired of going to games and watching them get their asses kicked. So when they're putting up five, six, seven goals against Edmonton, that's always cool to see. Uh, the points aren't necessarily like what we want right now, but I don't think we're getting bedard regardless. So I, I think we're going to slot in where we slot in and Yarbo's going to do what he does and try to put the best team out there regardless of who we get in this draft. There's a lot more factors that go into that besides this draft pick that's coming up. So I, you know, I, I don't and going to overtime right now, like just stop, put it in your own net. If you have to, the one point <laughs> extra time, just, Stop. <laughs> just put one by Corpy if you have to at this point. And I'm, I'm so sick of us getting just one point in overtime. So stop scoring points, but keep being competitive if that's too much to ask. I don't know. Maybe it is. I know because, I mean, the Edmonton game, I, I mean, I, were you at Were you at the game? 
No, I was going to go. I decided not to last second. I should have, but crazy game. Like four goals, four unanswered goals from us, then four unanswered from them in eight minutes. And it just, what a shit show overall. Crazy game, I'm sure, to be at. Well, and it's one of those things in my head where I'm like, there's a part of me that thinks, man, I just wish Edmonton would have found a way to get that fifth goal and totally taken the tie, like the air out of the tires for the Jackets and, and had a, had us, you know, fun, exciting game, show us like what we can do, but we still end up losing, but it's fun to watch. But I also was like, oh man, if they lose this game, it's going to fuck with their confidence so hardcore. Like I was like going back and forth of what I wanted to happen in that game, but they eventually get it done because I mean, goal scoring machine, Jack Roslovic finds a way to, to put two in the back of the net because why not? I will be so happy. I I don't know if you know this about me, Kyle, but like Jack Rosswick grinds my gears to no end. And I did know uh, that about you guys. <laughs> I, I just think, think anybody knows you and doesn't know that about you. <laughs> well, I would hope, but I just think it's I mean, yes, I understand like he never scores, so like it's exciting when he gets two. But Marchenko also got two. I'd rather talk about him. <laughs> I know Kyle. Yeah. Loves you. <laughs> I I have been on the Marchenko train since September of last year, uh, mm-hmm. even before that. Um, when I I think you guys got to talk to him a little too in Michigan. Um, just from that point on, first of all, phenomenal human being. Um, I think he's he's married. I believe phenomenal wife. Like just everything that he has going for him right now is perfection. Uh, and I want to be a part of that so much because he, everything about his aura, his vibe, just everything that he gives off his, his fun, his, the fun interviews he does in the locker rooms, he's coming in with a mic and interviewing other players. Like, like he's part of the media and stuff like that. Just everything that he does, it just, mm, I don't know. I just want to squeeze him. I love him so much. Ugh. It's infectious. It's infectious, it is, especially around yes. a team that like is not giving you much to be excited about or be happy about. Like, I wonder just how much of a, I mean, obviously from an offensive generating offense, like he's doing that, but I almost wonder how much he saved this season for that locker room just by his personality. Right. Like, I mean, like how much has that affected their confidence and their morale as a team? I have to imagine that he's had an impact. Yeah. I'd say let alone his goal scoring. Sorry, Laura, let alone his, his, his goal scoring. I I think you're right. It brings a, a whole different attitude to the locker room with, especially, you know, him coming in with some of the other Russians that have been struggling. I'm, I'm not saying Gavrikov's been struggling or, or Chinnikov's been struggling, which he was before he got injured, uh, now back down in Cleveland. But I I think him coming in and kind of being that other another Russian that has a good attitude like that and a great personality who is doing everything he can to learn the, the uh, English language and trying to fit in as best he can. I, it really, I think it spreads that positivity around the entire locker room. And we've kind of seen that recently. They've been competing and playing a lot better. Not used to a Russian showing that they want to learn English in Columbus, huh? Yeah, there is that. Um, Yeah, and he just, he is very, you know, plain and simple with like, I want to play hockey. Columbus is giving me the opportunity to play hockey. So I'm very happy to be here. Like, he just is joy. And I think it's cool to like, because we're in, like we've all said, a season where like not great things are happening, but to have that like moment in time where, you know, he had 13 goals with no assists. And so like people are paying attention to us for like a positive thing. And, you know, even still like with his shooting percentage, he's still in the top. I think he's still in the top five. Um, But it's just been nice that he's added these like things where people have to look at us and be like, Oh, 
they're not just a dumpster fire. Like there's some like positive things happening. Yeah, it's um, not just oh Johnny Goudreau made a terrible mistake by going there and losing for the next six years, right? It's we're not not it's tired of getting shit on by New Jersey fans, to be honest with you. They're extremely oh good. They're so ridiculous. The worst. <laughs> like they're honestly they're up there with like Penn's fans at this point, with for me, because I just they're but just they're- so mean all the time there's even even a part of me that like not that the devils haven't won championships but like in this era like the penguins and penguins fans like i get it like there's at least a little bit behind it but like in terms of the devils in the last 10 15 years like there's nothing like i will never understand like especially from people around our age where it's like right what glory days are you trying to recreate right now? Don't get me wrong. Just, it's one hell of a team and they've got a chance to do something, but like, it just doesn't make sense to me where this all like, it's that fucking like tri-state area energy that just like is baffling. I, it just has to be exhausting being that miserable all the time to, to like get to be chronically online, just trying to make other people's days worse than yours. It has to be exhausting. I know it is. I mean, I've, I used to be like that to be honest with you. And then I realized like, Hey, it's not, Super cool to just shit on everybody all the time because, like, what's the point? I don't know. It, it's just a bunch of people mad that they didn't get the guy that they thought they were going to get, yet they're still a good team anyways. So a bunch of miserable fucks over there on the East Coast, and <laughs> they can just stay there for all I care. And they wonder why yeah. they, he didn't want to sign with them. Like <laughs> For real, yeah. Correct. Correct. Well, and I mean, the Jackets also, like, had a pretty respectable showing in Minnesota. I mean, like, honestly, like – controlled tempo the first couple of periods but then that third period was just like brutal for the jackets and Kirill Kaprizov is good at hockey and he showed us <laughs> and what did so, he what did he have he got his 35th 36th and 37th of the season uh, I mean, natural hat trick to win the game in overtime just everything about him is in that game that was probably his best game of the season I would say probably against us just unbelievable well, and, that talent he's got and, oh god I know his I know his last name is Eves but I can't remember his first name. The head coach for the Wild. Okay. Um, said that was like maybe the best co- like performance he's seen from Crow Kaprizov ever. Like, wow. and I'm like, naturally, of course, of course, it's against the Jackets when they've got yeah. something going in Minnesota. Um, but three out of four points. I mean, like in a normal year, I think we'd be excited. Um, and I think to your point, I mean, you you summed it up well. It's just like, sure, we want to win and we want to be competitive every now and again. But don't go get loser points. Please stop getting loser points. <laughs> yeah, this is garbage time in the season right now. There's 20-some games left, I think. If we're not under 20 already, uh, we're getting there. But it's uh, – it, it, yeah, at this point, you're just trying to jockey for the best uh, draft lottery chances, I think, right now. And the, and the team knows that. You're not – I mean, those guys aren't stupid. They know what they're doing. They they know what they're looking at. They still have to go out and compete every night and, and do their jobs. They're getting paid a lot of money to play hockey at, at their highest level. So – they still have to compete, but at the same time, the the front office. I mean, shit. Why? Why else are you sitting? I mean, I know you're sitting Gavrikov for that long to keep him healthy, but why else? You're you're trying to not put the best product on the ice, right? I mean, that's just what it. That's what I'm getting. Why you're sending down Chinnikov and and Carson Meyer to to Cleveland the, at the first chance you get because you don't want the best guys up here right now. It's very obvious. Which yeah, is kind of exciting, depending on how long they stay in Cleveland. Uh, cause we could see them on Saturday in Cleveland, like for the outdoor game. Oh yeah. So. I didn't think about that. I I've honestly forgotten about that. Did you guys get any, did you guys get your jerseys? 
No, I need one so bad. <laughs> okay, asshole. He's going to go get his. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are so beautiful. They're so pretty. So oh, my God. I just want to crawl inside of it. Oh, and I it's really so love. good. Now, wait. Have we had this conversation before, Kyle? I firmly believe that the Monsters logo, specifically the monster on the front, like in the logo, looks like the dragon from How to Train Your Dragon. Toothless. I 100% agree, yes. It looks like it's Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon, which is wild. adorable. I love it so much. Well, and that ex <laughs> like to me, that accentuates it. It looks more like Toothless in that logo than it does in their primary. Like, so I'm like, oh, I 100%. Yeah. Yes. I And I'm okay with that. I wish that was their primaries i would go to ever i would buy season tickets to cleveland games yeah Without they did out. such a good job yeah i watched them get shit on by the grand rapids griffins on Saturday, <laughs> and i can we can time. we talk about something else but i'm sorry to cut you off something else with jerseys i didn't get a chance to rant last week the artillery did not drop a podcast last <laughs> week we were waiting on trade news and it never came because we all got screwed over by boston apparently uh <laughs> There, the did you see the kids take over jerseys? Did you yes. see like they were yeah. all red? Hideous, right? The most hideous people online loved them. The same people that hated the reverse retros. You people need to figure your shit out. I cannot believe that there are people that liked the kids take over jerseys and hate the reverse retros. You are so ass backwards. You need to fucking figure <laughs> it out. You are walking on your hands. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Ah, oh, all right. I'm done with that. I'm done. I just have to get that. No, out. please don't be done. I love it. You can bust that out whenever you need to while you're here. I thank you. I appreciate it. They're ugly. Like I think people want simple, and I think that that like is obviously simple to just have an ugly ass CBJ on the front with like whatever's going on <laughs> elsewhere. But so like hideous. Like there was, and I'm not going to throw shade, but there was like a jersey concept design for a primary jersey that like featured that same sort of like idea and it was in the primary colors with the cbj in the front and the like crest was above it and i threw up like i like <laughs> had a visceral reaction was it one of the <laughs> fan accounts that did the the mock-ups like before which is the like sucks because that, spe yeah. that specific fan account actually does good work and so like that one i was like what the fuck is this this is so bad if you ever if you ever feel bad about yourself or or just want to uh get a little bit of entertainment for the day just uh, get on Twitter and type in hashtag CBJ and scroll through that for a second. That is <laughs> always an interesting read for sure. Without a doubt. You'll see a couple people Sorry, know what I talking about, but, but not many. Most of them are on the show right now. Anyway. It's not me. Um, it's not me, but people keep listening to us for some reason. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know. It's perplexing. <laughs> Correct. Well, Laura, you were really excited about the cannonball that happened it last was. week. And so I know you've probably got questions for Kyle about that experience. And I, have, I would be selfish to take that from you. I have so many questions for Kyle. Because um, you and your beautiful girlfriend were my unanimous king and queen of the cannonball. Because you, you both looked much. so cute. Oh, um, she looked insanely good. I cannot believe it. So and good. you followed theme so much better than the freaking players who really let me down with their fashion. But now, I, Boone, Boone definitely ro was rocking the Canadian tuxedo, and so was Gavrikov. So th oh. those two were those two were all in with it. I have a question about Line A. Was his suit okay. denim or just blue? <laughs> it was his blue suit he's worn already this season. He he busted out an old one and then wore wore that. The hat kind of made the whole thing, but he no denim. He's come on. He's a fashion icon. He doesn't wear denim. It's too I, easy. 
I needed some sparkle from him, just like a bedazzle moment, something. Yeah. Um, but no, I I ha- want to know like your experience, how like fun and exciting because we vicariously lived through both of you since we did not go. So please break it all down for me so I can relive it. Uh, so just first of all, just want to s- send out a big thank you to the CBJ Foundation. That event every single year is just off the chain. It is so awesome every single year. I have to go back and look and see how much money they actually raised that night, but it's always in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So um, the the kids that were up there, the the that the event was for were amazing. The speeches they gave on stage were incredible. Um, all the players being there, just everything about that is such a good cause, and it's so much fun being a part of it and being able to help. The silent auction, the stuff was cool. Uh, we didn't actually end up leaving with anything because we were <laughs> this is the whole small. <laughs> a little too pricey for us with some of that stuff, to be honest with you. But understandable. Um, no, it it was so great. Uh, the the players like don't really want to be there, but they make it enjoyable. They they're cordial and they they will talk to people. So after I had a few bourbons in me, I would go over and you know talk to Boquist a little bit about changing his number, and he laughed it off. And uh, this is exactly <laughs> what he talked about. He took a picture with Danny. I said, "Dude, you got to change your number, right? Like I know you've heard us." talk about it my name's kyle with the artillery nice to meet you um and i asked him what numbers he wore in juniors he said he wore number three in juniors but he didn't want to switch to that right away because of seth jones and i said word for word i looked at him right in his face and i said fuck seth jones we don't (laughs) fuck seth jones wear number three please please wear number three so hopefully this offseason uh he changed his number over to number three that would be amazing i would shit myself if he changed it and especially after he literally got hurt like he's day to day like he's scratched he's out like of the lineup literally the game after having this conversation with you and i'm not saying that you did it but like the energy behind (laughs) that no it wasn't me it's happened many times before that conversation but i (laughs) i even brought it up to him like do you want to play the whole 82 right are you are you superstitious at all and he said no he said he's not superstitious i said well then change it what are you waiting for like it's if you're not superstitious it's not going to do anything if you change your number it's just going to make everybody else feel better so we'll see where we'll see what comes of that. And it's also like, would you like to see Ryan Murray's numbers like in that jersey? Like we talked about Ryan Murray. He brought <laughs> up Ryan Murray actually, and I I called him Glassbones Murray to Boquist's face. So we'll <laughs> I didn't call Boquist Glassbones not yet, but uh, not yet. No, he's, he's right. As I say, he's got like another season on my grace list before I like actually start getting real pissed about this. And Laura got mad at me. I made that connection probably what was it last year? Oh, I think probably. But or maybe you did earlier that. this year. And I was like, I don't know. Like he's another Ryan Murray. And you were like, shut up. Like this, uh, yeah. but who's right? <laughs> who's here? And I think he's only like what? What is he? 23, 22? Like he's 22, I think. Yeah. 22. He's barely old enough to drink. It feels like he's been on this team for an eternity already, and he just <laughs> cannot stay healthy, right? So I I'd love to keep him around. I think he's the big part of the defensive depth here. Um, a definitely a number a two number two pairing for sure. I I hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, because, I mean, look what he's done in the short amount of time that he has been healthy. Like, he's gotten, I mean, not as as many goals, but, like, he's been killing it with assists and just, like, time on ice. And he literally just made a glass. (laughs) He does have a hell of a shot, though. That rebound shot that he has where he just flicks it on net, it's so quick. Half the time, the goaltender doesn't even see it coming. It's it's in top shelf. So, yeah, he just got to stay healthy and get into it more. 
I think next season, once all our whole defense is finally back, we're going to see exactly what they're made of. Hopefully, hopefully, geez, we'll see. Sorry, we were fun. talking about Cannibal. I went way <laughs> off the rails there. It happens. It's okay. We it. helped you off the rails, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did ask Corpy. I did ask Corpy if he was going to like. Where's your extension? Are you are you signing an extension? Uh, and he told me word for word, ask Yarmo. Um, so I, but I didn't ask Yarmo because Yarmo was busy the entire night. I wasn't able to get even anywhere close to him, really. Um, he he would like to resign, though. I got that from him. Corpy would like to be here. He's been here for eight years already. Him and I talked about him backing up Bob, uh, and then kind of losing that number one spot to Elvis. Like he's he's very aware of everything that we're talking about, everything that we're aware of. They they know they're they are not dumb guys at all. So I hope Corpy is here to stay. I just have a bad feeling about these next couple of days. Well, and there's a part of you I that like know. thinks like, and Kyle, like, I don't know if you, I'm, I don't know if you grew up playing sports or whatever, but there's kind of like that, like chip on your shoulder attitude when you like get lapped on a depth chart. And I think that that's part of it too. Right. Like, I mean, like, I don't, I don't think Corby wants to be the one to leave. Like, you know what I mean? Like in the sense of like, I think he feels and probably rightfully so to some extent that he's earned a starting job in the NHL and more specifically yeah. a starting job with the Jackets. I don't know that any other starting job is going to mean as much to him as the one in Columbus. I, I don't get that from him. I think you're onto something there. Um, I think any starting job for, he is such a like laid back just within himself kind of guy. He does mm-hmm. not fold any outside pressure. He doesn't give a shit what anybody else says about him. He, he is there to do his job and he does it well when he's helped. Excuse me, when he's healthy. And he always has. It's I I do agree with you to an extent where if he gets the starting job here, he he should have Elvis's contract right now, in my opinion. When Elvis got that contract, I said it was a bad idea. The the minute he signed it, uh I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, I think you are kind of onto something there. If he were to get the starting job here, it would mean more to him. But I also feel like he's the kind of guy where he's not putting value into what it would mean to him. Uh, he's putting value into where he can play the best because that's all he cares about. Yeah, I think that's true. Laura, I know that you were you were dying to to say something about the Elvis contract when, <laughs> when I, I saw it in your eyes. No, are you I am very aware of how people feel about Elvis. <laughs> like I am very, very aware of it. I, you know, I can't help it. I'm an Elvis apologist. Like it just you know, that's why I was so pissed the other day when we lost in Minnesota because he actually played really well. And he can't finish, right? He 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 plays well for two periods and then he crumbles. It's he he can't put an entire game together. He looked great until he didn't. Right. But no, Jeremy, stop trying to start shit between me and Kyle because I am very aware <laughs> of how people feel about Elvis. <laughs> yeah, I argue. Let's do it. And I know, yeah. You. I could sense it in I could sense it in Kyle's bones that he was ready. So that was <laughs> wrong of me to set you up for that. Like I knew. <laughs> I get this, I could see it. And trust me, I this year has been an absolute shit show for him. And but it is kind of like no one's gonna take his contract. So No, it's not lost on me that you heard Kyle crack open a cold one the second you said <laughs> that this year's been shit for Elvis. It was like literally like the comedic timing was perfect. Hey. <laughs> what i'm here for you just want to isolate the moments where i admit that elvis is deeply flawed (laughs) i do yes that's what i that is also what i'm here for that's correct 
But uh, I hey, will we're say all deeply flawed, right? Just him more than others. Is that is that <laughs> fair? No, I shouldn't have said that either. I let, listen. Also, I dropped a tweet uh, that day before we went to Cannonball about how Elvis will never be good in Columbus again. I I don't know if Elvis is on Twitter or not, but I avoided him like the plague at the entire. That was wrong. Anywhere yeah. I was gonna him. say. <laughs> he has he has gotten off of social media, um, at least as far as Twitter is considered. Um, he does repost he does repost his wife's stuff on Instagram, but I got you. Other than that, he has taken taken a vow of silence on Twitter, from what I'm aware of. But that's probably for the best. I that I also avoided Brad Larson the entire night too. I didn't want to be. I didn't. I've talking so much shit about that dude. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I was going to say, have you ever said anything not positive about Brad Larson? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Get, <laughs> yes. Get, give me a few drinks during the, during the artillery podcast and I will say anything. It's, it's ridiculous. I, yeah. You gotta, you gotta kind of, sorry, Jeremy, you gotta kind of wonder no. in those moments, like some of the people that we know on social media and how much stuff they say, if they were put in a situation like you were at the cannonball, like, would they be bold enough to be like, hey, Brad, uh, we have definitely been on a campaign to have your ass fired for like four months now. <laughs> Zero chance. I, I don't care who you are. I do not care who you are. Besides like the media personalities, but they're not giving opinions anyways, generally. If you go to one of these things and you're one that has a podcast like this where you give your opinions all the time, you are not going up and talking to the I, – I guarantee I will. I will bet anything. My next paycheck – that you will not go up to them and say that to their face. I promise. They're not going to do anything. All they're going to do is like laugh it off because fuck you. You're just a fan. I don't care. But still, right. like I don't have the balls for sure. That's I know a lot of other people wouldn't either. Absolutely I, not. I, I would be like, you have played amazing this whole season. <laughs> well, it reminds me of like not to put anybody on blast. <laughs> but it reminds me of Neff. <laughs> oh. When we were we were in Finland. And Elvis plays, like, game one and is, like, shit, right? Like, it's bad. And it's, like, November, right, when everything is, like, really ugly with Elvis and things are getting ugly. And Neff is a – fairly is a critic of Elvis, like, pretty publicly. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm spilling any secrets here. Neff is not the world's biggest Elvis Merzlikens fan. But proceeded to see Elvis in the concourse of Nokia Arena on Friday – and grabbed a picture with him and was like, it's great work, buddy. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a good job. Yeah, I told him he's doing a great job. That's what I'm saying. Like, you just – you lose all – all of your opinions go out the door when you see those people. It's a whole different, like, aura. I don't know. It's a weird – it's a weird thing to describe. What I love about you, though, is I bet if Brad Larson came up to you and was like, so I hear you've been shit-talking me a little bit, you wouldn't say no. You'd be like, yeah. No, but. I sure have, buddy. Yeah. You <laughs> have you looked at this team that you're coaching? No, I mean, I, I wouldn't be that blunt about it. Brad Larson is truly a very good dude, like legitimately oh, yeah. a really good guy. Uh, it's just he's not working out so far as the coach here. And I know injuries and this and that, but he knows that. It's not anything that I – I'm not going to tell him anything that he doesn't already know if, if it comes down to that. So it it wouldn't be anything like uh, malicious or anything like that. But, I, I mean, if he comes up and says, hey, you shit talking to me? Yeah, kind of because you're not doing a good job. I mean, it is what it is, you know? Whatever, dude. Get the fuck out of here. 
like who am I to say no in that situation? Who am I to be like, no? <laughs> yeah, no, no, you've been great. I love being the last place team in the league. It's my favorite. <laughs> I I love supporting the worst team in franchise history. Ah, oh, thank you so much for being our coach. Wow. <laughs> There's not several hours of recorded history of me <laughs> talking shit about you. <laughs> That's impossible. There, yeah, hey. <laughs> I will stand by everything I say too. I'm not going to back down. I will also put my picture on my profile where I'm also talking shit about people on social media, unlike that others. Part. Sorry. I'm, I'm just going to, I apparently I'm just going to start shitting on everybody today. I don't know what's no, going on. No, go for it. Feel free. Although I was going to say, yeah, 100%. But I realized that like really the only places that Laura and I both tweet from are the subjectively speaking account of which neither of us are like the photo. But yeah, that's your like, yeah, on your, but main, like, on your public accounts, you have your. Pictures. People know who we are, though. Like, it's not like we've never posted pictures of what we look like. So, yeah, you're always you always and you record all your podcasts with video. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we have video right. evidence of who we are. Watch me talk shit about you. You can see it with your eyeballs. <laughs> look at my face. You suck. Yeah, it's the <laughs> it's the people on Twitter that you know whatever that have the the Blue Jackets logo as their profile picture, and Correct. then they're talking all this mad shit telling everybody how they're right about everything and everybody else is wrong and you're an idiot if you disagree and all this stuff shut the fuck up show me your face you coward <laughs> they will also be the first people that when everything turns around and we're like super competitive uh that you know i knew it i never lost faith i knew that we would get here one day blah blah, blah. it's like really let me pull yeah. up the receipts <laughs> yeah let me put, it's not even worth the time they're all so stupid Correct. Anyways, so all, all of that to say, Brad Larson, if you ever want to come on subjectively speaking, you're more than welcome. Um, and <laughs> I bet he would. I bet he would. I bet he doesn't get very many interview requests. So I bet he would. That's probably true. That's probably true. Let's let's fuck around and find out, Laura. Let's, let's see. <laughs> All right. And then that'll make this episode really shitty. Like that'll. You guys got <laughs> Yarmo. You guys got Yarmo. You can get Brad that Larson. True. That get Yarmo. That is true. But uh, you said you wanted to fight a little bit, Kyle, and I feel like talking about the trade deadline i know how excited you are we bonded over this in traverse city to which laura like was like absolutely like devastated to learn that there were more people <laughs> like me out there that like love the side of the game like the transact like the whole idea of like i will set up shop for 10 hours on nhl 23 and i'll just make all the oh fucking trades and i'll yes. sign all the free agents and i'll just change i'll take the fucking you know god i'll take the Buffalo Sabres to the Stanley cup 10 years in a row and win it all 10 <laughs> years with the franchise that I built. So I love this shit and I know you love this shit. And when two people love shit like this, every now and again, they might fight about it. So we're going to talk about the trade deadline. The trade deadline is here. Um, hopefully like as we're recording this episode, this is like the fatal like flaw of recording episodes the night before you release them because god knows what could happen and it's earlier in the evening it's 7 30 eastern here right now so like this could go south quick but <laughs> even as we've been Make recording sure you have elliot friedman's tweet notifications on you know no that's... kidding i mean even as we've been recording there have been tweets about um some movement on the jacob chicken front um not related to the blue jackets we could talk about that if y'all want to in terms of like you know is that something you want or not want but it's shit could change in a second and and it has been a crazy crazy lead up to the trade deadline i've got a couple of trades that i want to chat about talk about how this affects the jackets um and we don't have to dive deep i'm not you know a, a huge capitals bruins sharks devils 
Maple Leafs and Blackhawks fan, but those three trades that have been made over the course of the last few days, I think really set a tone for what this deadline is going to be like. And I think could affect the Jackets quite a bit. Yeah, and the Boston, the Boston trade obviously affects the Blue Jackets. What what do you think happened there, Kyle? We talked about it a little bit last week on our on our show. Like, I did Yarmo think that he was good? Like, was it like where where do you think this landed? Because in my opinion, I think Yarmo was a little too comfortable and thought that there was something in place. And I think that there might have been a, an honest misunderstanding there. But I think no. that that kind of blindsided the Jackets a little bit. I think Yarmo got used as leverage 100%. Uh, yeah. There was, I don't think there was a deal with, I don't, I, so they were led to believe that they had a deal in place with Boston. And I think Boston on the entire time was using Gavrikov because the media, the media, every the NHL network, Friedman, all these are telling, are saying Gavrikov, high price for Gavrikov, best defenseman in the trade deadline, Gavrikov, Gavrikov, Gavrikov. That was all anybody could talk about. So, of course, the prestige for Gavrikov goes way up because everybody's talking about it. Emily Elliott Friedman. Uh, Jeff Merrick, all these guys, Pierre Lebrun are all talking about Gavrikov and how he's going to get traded. So all of a sudden, Boston's GM notices this and and pulls the old bait and switch, pulling in Hathaway and, and Orlov from Washington while using Gavrikov as leverage. I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he did not want Gavrikov for that price, especially when he can get two big physical guys, Hathaway being a right winger and Orlov being a pretty big uh, defenseman pretty young too for that kind of defenseman. I don't think the deal was ever there. I think Yarmo was led to believe that it was there and he was completely screwed over by uh, Boston's GM. And now he just got, he got caught with his pants down. This is generally what he does to other GMs uh, around the league is, is fleecing them as we say. Right. So he, it happened to him. And now the, the Twitter outrage is unbelievable because everybody's yeah. calling for Yarmo's job. Now all of a sudden, like they, it, one request. Let me let me sidebar. If you are somebody on social media that is asking for Yarmo's job to be taken from him, give me a replacement. I'm so fucking sick of you people. Give Correct. me a replacement. What are you talking about? Yeah, let me go back and list all of the amazing trades that he's had throughout his uh, throughout his career here. There there are so many injuries, coaching changes, uh, different different things from from in and out. Bob being a diva, Panera not playing well at times. This and that, I mean, we we did so he did so many things so many different times to make this team better, and it just did not work out. And Yarmo, we trust still to this point. I think um, I don't think just because of this one trade that fell through that we heard about a few times means that he's a bad GM by any means. I think that's crazy. I think he's going to find something. His hands are tied here because Gavrikov said he's going to test the free agent market, and that is what it is. We've had that before, and we'll have it again. Nobody wants to play here. And we that is very evident. Chikrin even said if he he does not want to come here, like he does not his no move, uh, his no trade clause is not in effect until next year. But he has still made it very clear that he does not want to come here. That is not Yarmo's fault. He is doing everything that he can to make sure this team is as good as it can be, and it just hasn't worked out so far. I mean, it's the same for thirty one other teams in the league too, where it hasn't worked out every year. It's not just us. I'm so sick of the Yarmo haters because of one Gavrikov trade that fell through. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's fair. I think like, even if you reflect on like some of the moves that you think Yarmo has made that are like his worst, like I would argue that maybe his worst move aside from maybe everything with the, the Vegas expansion, but he had no, like there's no way he could have known that. 
I would yeah, say no, it's it's mostly probably the Josh Anderson Max Domi deal. But again, that's like also when you look at that in a vacuum, maybe you say that, but contextually, I don't know that you could say it was a terrible move. What are you supposed and on top to do? Of, yeah. And on top of that, like you're telling me that if Josh Anderson was on this team, this team's competitive right now. Like, you know what I mean? So like ultimately, like what effect does that make? It doesn't make one. No, it would have been I, better I than Domi. The- I'll give you that. But uh, Domi's uh, ever since he went back to Chicago. And as soon as he got to Chicago, he started shitting on Columbus. Domi can fucking kick rocks for all I care at this point. Correct. The, wor- the worst trade I think Yarmo's ever made was Ryan Murray for a six round pick to New Jersey. Uh, that was the yeah. worst trade he's ever made. And there's nothing he could do about that either because Murray's not resigning. He's never healthy. All you can do is get something out of him. So a sixth round pick for one of the better defensemen that's probably ever come through this system but just could not stay healthy right. is pretty shitty. And it just, I mean, there's nothing you could do about that either. It's, it's, But it is the worst trade I think that he's made. Well, especially with the context of like that fire sale that summer was had everything to do with like Pierre Luc Dubois getting an offer sheet. So like it's also like the urgency of him to make that deal with Ryan Murray was like all because of Pierre Luc Dubois. It adds a layer of complexity to that whole trade that sucks (laughs) even more. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think uh, did Murray get a did Murray get a ring with Colorado? Yeah, was he not on the team anymore with them? Did he get? He never played. He didn't play in the playoffs, but he still got a ring. He was injured the whole time. Good. Shocker. Speaking of rings, Felino, Felino better get a ring with Boston this year, or else I'm going to start rioting. I promise. That is the only way I'm going to be okay with Boston winning a championship. I have to be honest with you. And like, there was a part of me that was like, kind of hoping that if Gabby went to Boston too, like, I like, I like Vladislav Gavrikov. He's maybe one of my favorite players on this team because of his personality, because of the way he plays. Like, he's a good dude. Like, I am sad that he will not be a Blue Jacket after March third, but. He that is we like know of. I mean, there's no trades fair. happening right now. If he we we may keep him for the rest of the year, let him play, and then he's gonna walk anyways. I don't I mean that's just that's kind of what it's looking like right now. I unless we're unless Yarma pulls something crazy out of his ass and gets like pull, pull Yarby or something over here for Gavrikov. I just I don't see anything else worth the trade for him right now. Like just let him play at this point. We'll get right back to our conversation with Bucket Hack Kyle, but first, you know what time it is, folks. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers, you heard that right, new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. You gotta get in on the Cavs. It's ramping up toward playoff season. I know LeBron's hurt, but maybe you're a Lakers fan and you want to get in on a same-game parlay action. Go do it now, because the time, it couldn't be better. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. You know, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time it's pretty unrealistic. I know that I sometimes find myself making really lofty New Year's resolutions that I just can't keep up with, but over the years I've found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. And in the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day. Like me and my Raycons. Raycons premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. 
maybe you decided that as part of your New Year's resolution, you're going to go on more walks, and so you want to, you know, listen to your favorite podcast, objectively speaking, on your walks. You know, everyday earbuds are exactly what you need for that. Maybe you want to call loved ones more often as part of your New Year's resolution. Raycon's got you covered with that as well. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yet Raycon's start at half the price of other premium audio brands, so you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. I mean, if you have multiple pairs, maybe you can keep one at home, so that way you always have them around the house if you want to clean up, or maybe you keep one at your desk so that way you can stay focused when you're at work by listening to some of your favorite music and zoning out all the noise around you. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure that you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. I mean, there's really no better time than now to buy your Raycons, especially when you consider the fact that they've got noise isolation. There's different earbud tap functions that you can use when you're using your earbuds. Plus, these things are not going to go out on you. You've got eight hours of playtime with your everyday earbuds or 11 hours of playtime with your everyday speaker. You can't get any better than this, folks. And if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, you're going to want to go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Now, back to the content. It feels that way. And I mean, you look at this, and like this is kind of like where I wanted to talk about some of these trades and how they might be affecting what the Jackets are looking at. Because it's not, I mean, we've got... Gabby is obviously the big ticket item, I think, in terms of the Jackets at the deadline. But but there are some other players there, too, that could potentially be dealt. And I look at this trade. So the Boston trade with, with Washington and, and Minnesota being a broker. You already mentioned Dimitri Orlov, Garnet Hathaway, and then uh, rights to a guy from Minnesota, Andre Svetlikov. I don't – okay. And But um, the Caps got Craig Smith, a 2023 first-round pick, a second-round pick in 2025, a third-round pick in 2024 – and then the the Wild got a, a fifth round pick from Boston for brokering the deal, and I see those kind of trades. And I'm like, oh my god! Like, what would like they set the market early for a defenseman that could could help them? And they also, I think, compensated the Caps for taking on that Craig Smith contract too. Like that was yes. both and, in my opinion. There was retained salary in there somewhere. I can't remember who. Yes. Reta- yes. So uh, retained uh, his salary. Caps, yeah, the Caps retained fifty percent of Orlov's salary, and then. And the Wild retained 25% of Orlov's salary. Yeah, that's wild. So Boston got Orlov for free, basically. I mean, that's just insane. I just for dumb and, and then also dumped five million dollar Craig Smith, useless Craig Smith off the books as well. It's I Boston's GM is an absolute mastermind for this, in my opinion. He used Yarmo to get a better deal with Washington, and it was a it was genius. I, I don't think there's anything Yarmo could have done. Yarmo couldn't have pulled a trigger. There was no trigger for him to pull. It, there was nothing there for Yarmo. He was simply being used to get a better deal out of Washington. I believe. I I believe that's exactly what happened. I don't think I don't think Washington came in and swooped in last second by any means. It was just always there. The only thing that I wonder, like, and it would be the world's slightest critique, and I feel like it might not even be something that Yarmo was in control of. I wonder if that trade with Boston and those conversations hit the stall for Boston when the Jackets, and, and maybe they weren't asked, but I would want to know if the Jackets were asked to take Craig Smith at any point And they said no, because financially they could have done it. 
They could have. They so, easily could have done it. Just to, I mean, it's a it's a rental anyways. I think Craig Smith is on his last year, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. He's walking anyways. He's not re-signing here, and we don't necessarily want a Craig Smith. We're so deep at winger anyway right now that we don't right. need somebody like that. So I, yeah, I, it would have made sense to bring him in, except it would have made the team better. So that might have been something they were That's looking at point. as well. <laughs> I I don't know how much they're actually looking at that though, saying, "Oh, this is going to make our team better. We can't do it." because we're going to win too many games this season. I, I really hope that they're not doing that, but I feel like there's probably meetings about that with the front office where they're where they're trying not to make the team better from the top down so that they can get the best pick in the draft. I mean, that I, has to be a conversation, I guess. Well, I guess that if, if that's the scenario, you would have to think they're – they're focusing a lot, unless he's also planning on doing a lot of things like in the off season that they have a lot more confidence in our current roster situation um, than most people I would think. Cause there, it's, there's just things that aren't working as we know, but I mean, I guess he could do a lot in the off season and just not want to, like just focus on picks and prospects at this point. Um, but yeah. And that's, yeah, that that's kind of what I'm looking at too, is these picks and prospects. And that's all we're ever pulling back, right? Is picks and prospects, picks and prospects. And at what point are you done pulling back picks and prospects and going for now it's happened before it's happened when we had Panarin and Bob, they didn't trade him. They kept them. They went for the house. They brought in Duchesne. They brought in Dezingle. Um, they they did some stuff that year to try to go all in, beat Tampa. It's great. Only playoff series win though in franchise history. It wasn't enough. Clearly, couldn't beat Boston. Boston's a very tough veteran playoff team. There was no way you were beating Boston. But at what at what point do we realize that we we figure out we have the team where it's like oh we need to start adding more veterans to this team. We cannot be the youngest team in the league expect to have playoff success. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Teams that win cups have a lot of veterans and a lot of older guys on the team that know how to win, that know how to go to work every day, that know how to get ready for these games, that can get the younger guys ready for these games. And besides like Boone and maybe Johnny, who I don't see Johnny as too much of a leader in that locker room, uh, besides being the most skilled player on the team, there's not a ton of guys on that team that have that playoff experience. Corpy does. Corpy had a lot of playoff experience. Uh, line a a little bit with Winnipeg, but there's just not a ton of experience there where these guys can come in and say, this is exactly what needs to happen for us to win. It's just not there. Especially Brad Larson's not doing that. Brad Larson hasn't won shit ever. So I, I, you know, there, there's just, you have, you almost have to have that sense of this is what happens. This is what needs to happen for us to win. You have to follow these steps. And it, we don't have anybody like that. There's our captain has been to a few playoffs. I mean, he was young, very young when he went to the uh, first couple playoff series. He and we lost, we lost all of them. We got swept by Bob or mm -hmm. by by Pittsburgh or whatever. So I don't know. I feel like you have to have that veteran leadership. You have to have the guys that know what it takes to win. We don't have that. Well, I, I think eventually, and it's probably not going to be for another like two or three years. I think this trope of like Columbus is where players go once they have a family and they've settled down personally. I feel like that could actually help them a bit in terms of recruiting some of this veteran talent in the, in the off season to get them to come to Columbus and sign. I mean, I have not loved the contributions of Erica Branson this year, but like he's the kind of player that I think the jackets get in, in the off season to 
add some of that veteran presence while they rely on some of their young talent that they still have because they have their rights until they're 27, right? Like that like will be the sweet spot for the Jackets where they finally yeah. like I think that the the player that they attract in the offseason is is actually what they're looking for versus what they can get. You you know what's funny about that is that like even Gubranson and and uh with Gubranson and Voracek on the team and Boone and Warinsky's not that old. I'm thinking of the older guys right now. Nyquist, um, those guys, we were still the second youngest team in the league. Think about that. With those guys on the team, at the beginning of the season, the average age was still like 26 or something like that, which is the youngest team in the league. And that's how they are every year. It doesn't matter. That's So with Voracek out and now, and, and Warinsky got out of there and stuff, the, the team just keeps getting younger. And it seems like every other week there's a new guy coming up and having their NHL debut. Sweezy last night, right? So – it, it just keeps coming, and we keep getting these guys. Tim Bernie, Tim Bernie comes up and, and plays well, but like he still has three, four, five years before he develops into an, an actual NHL defenseman because that's what it takes for NHL defensemen to be developed is three, four, five years sometimes, most of the time. It, it's not somebody that comes in and immediately makes an impact. That doesn't happen on the defensive side. I know we have the depth there, but your check – and Matej Chuck are going to take years to develop into what we want them to be. They, and they're just, they just keep getting younger. It's, it's frustrating. Well, and I think too, to your point, like, I think that's where we're going to mess up if we continue down this path with people like Cole Sillinger and, you know, potentially Kent Johnson and like forcing these super young players into positions that they're not ready for. And they're not getting the individualized attention. Like, I don't know how many times I've popped off on this show about the fact that I think literally everyone has uh, just forgot that Cole is only in his second year as an NHL player. And he (laughs) is a child. Like, he is 19 years old. Um, But they treat him like he's 28 and should just know, like, everything that he has to do. And because we don't have that depth, I mean, we traded away veteran depth. We've traded away so much of like that presence that we did have for a good amount of time, like with Nick and with Cam and with Savard and like all that sort of stuff. And so now we just have this like tiny little pocket of veteran players that are like now in charge of a kindergarten class, like, and they're trying to like wrangle them. Well, they're all hurt. They're all hurt. Voracek's hurt. Nyquist is hurt. They're all hurt. All the guys that have been around are gone. They're hurt. They're not coming back for the season. I mean, Goudreau's out there, but like I said, Goudreau's not a leader. He He's a really good player, but he's not a guy that you look to to, like, tell you what to do next. He's like, I don't know. Figure it out. I'll be over here waiting for you to pass me the puck. You know, that that's just kind of what he does, and that's fine. That's how he's made his living. But I – I don't know when it comes down to that. And then, and then Sillinger, like we, we hear about Sillinger and how he's had a sophomore slump and all of this, but he's put on a line with Roslovic and, and young guys that are, that are also trying to figure shit out that don't have other veteran leadership around them that are, that are pushing them like Voracek that are, that are pushing them to where they need to be because they're on the same, they're on the same line with the same age guys that are still also trying to figure it out. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. We've seen that. Look at Tampa, look at Boston, Look at Carolina. Look at fuck even Vegas. Their Vegas first year, their expansion draft, they went for older guys to make the younger guys better, and it worked immediately. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It, I, you cannot win games with the youngest team in the league. You can't. It's impossible. We've seen that. I, there's a lot of validity to that, and I think even when the Jackets were like even somewhat. 
toying with playoff success. They were still young. If that team would have been a little older, I think they could have given Boston a run for their money, right? Um, I agree. And, and, I mean, we could talk a little bit about – this is a terrible segue. That's, like, the worst fucking segue I've ever done on the show. <laughs> Let me just tell you all that real quick. Let's just stop there and acknowledge it. I feel like we should own our mistakes. Terrible segue. Um, I'm ready. Yeah, here we are. Speaking of jackets that were a part of that run in 2019, there was one former jacket that was on the move as well. And that was Scott Harrington, which is the guy who you would not expect for me to say when I lead up by saying exactly what I just said. But Scott Harrington, the def- definitely not the highlight of, of the trade that we're going to talk about next, which was um, <laughs> the Devils just like, this is like the most, fuck- usually I'm good at like knowing what pieces are involved and like kind of just knowing what a trade is about. This one though, like this is one of the ones that's just like, are you fucking kidding me? So Timo Meyer is the big story here. Gets traded to New Jersey, along with Scott Harrington, Santeri Hadika, Timur Ibergimov, which also this is the hardest name trade I've ever seen in my life, and we'll get to that. Zach Emond and Colorado's 2024 fifth round pick. So that's what New Jersey gets. The Sharks get a 2023 first round pick, a conditional 2024 first round pick. So two first round picks. Um, Shakir Mukamov. Mukhamadaline, if that's wrong, someone let me know. Um, no, he was a defenseman. I think he was picked in the first round last year by the Devils. Okay. Oh, was he? Okay. Um, Interesting. Or maybe the second round, but like he's a higher round okay. draft pick. Um, Nikita Okotiak, Andreas uh, Janssen, and the 2024 seventh round pick is what the Sharks get. So I see these trades, and is it going to be this complex when the Jackets finally make a fucking deal? Is it going to be this hard to where I can't even talk about it on our show because I don't know who the pieces are? Like, is it going to be? I have a bad feeling that they're going to have to package him with Corpy. That's uh, what it's looking like. I mean, they're that, to get anything out of what they – out of this deal, I think it's going to be a Corpy-Gavi package. I, I hate to see it. That trade, by the way, the New Jersey San Jose trade was unreal. I mean that the amount the amount of like tweets I've seen from very reputable uh, journalists for the NHL talking about how they thought that was a typo is is unbelievable. There's yeah. to for Timo Meyer, like they really think that Timo Meyer is going to be the guy that pushes them over the top. He might be. I could be entirely wrong here, but. Timo Meyer, really? That's what you're giving away all of that? Well, and, on a, I, and on a team like that, too. Like, I mean, like, they already, like, they don't have a problem scoring. Like, that's the other piece of it, right? Like, they, like, traded for a guy who is known for scoring. He's got 30-plus goals this year. Yeah, it's like, it's it's almost like a gluttony. It's almost like too much of a good thing could be a problem for that team. Like, I, like, it's the same way, like, Carolina has had a history of having a shit ton of playmakers, but nobody who's really like a a stellar goal scorer and they haven't been able to figure out. And with the devils, I mean, I think they have a little bit more of both, but like Timo Meyer to me, doesn't feel like I agree with you guys. Like, I don't think he's the guy like that, like changes everything, but kudos. They do have have a Jack Hughes. A Jack Hughes is, is a very, very good player that paired with somebody like Timo Meyer, who is a veteran who's been in the league for a long time. Uh, could probably do very well with somebody like that on the same line. We'll see. I'm a Jack Hughes fan. I think I think I'm a Hughes family fan. I'll put it that Me way. Me too. Jack yeah. Hughes, Quinn Hughes, the whole Hughes family. Um, 
coming in. That's such a great story of them all being in the NHL together. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the the price that New Jersey paid, and it's almost like they paid that price because they think they're going to make a cup run this year, which they very well may. They have a very in like very good team this year, um, which I didn't predict. I predicted them coming last in the Metro, but which is crazy. I'm a, I don't know shit about hockey. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing you have a hockey podcast. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I see, man, I can't see the Gavrikov trade being that crazy. Cause I don't see Yarmo giving up any picks. I don't see Yarmo sending multiple players unless it's Corpy, unless we're pulling like pull Yarvi and a first round pick from Edmonton. Then he could get messy, something like that. Um, LA has been in the mix, I think recently with, with that, with those trade talks, I don't know who we're getting from LA. Uh, I, I don't have any idea who that would be. Um, it certainly wouldn't be like Kopitar or anything like that. It'd be one of their prospects. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he started off the year really hot. Uh, he scored like 13 goals in the first 20 games or something like that this year. But there's there's a there's a bunch of really interesting stuff out there, and I feel like that's why we haven't seen anything yet because the the Boston trade was supposed to be it. Yarmo thought that, and now he's had to start from square one, and that's kind of where we are. He's only got a few days left now to get the, to get it done. It's Friday, right? Is it Friday? Is the last yeah, is yeah, last Friday day? at three o'clock. So uh, yeah, I I think that he's basically started at square one, and the market got set underneath, like it got. St- set without him really knowing he was supposed to set the market with Gavrikov, right? That was the whole deal was yeah. Yarmo sets the market with the Gavrikov trade. And then we go, and then it got it. And then Washington swooped, swooped in and, and set the market with Orlov. And now Gavrikov is not worth as much as we thought he was when, when this whole trade shit first started. So you got to start at square one. And I think that's a really tough job for those guys. And I don't think we're going to get as much out of Gavrikov as a lot of people think we are. Yeah. I'm just hoping we don't, <laughs> We don't come like Friday at three o'clock and like just nothing has happened. Like the the awkwardness of like them being like, okay, Gabby, so you're going to play tonight against Seattle because clearly nothing. What kind of situation would that be? Because he's also been traveling with the team. Like he's in Buffalo right now. He wants to play. He keeps. I also had a conversation with Gavrikov at the Cannonball about this. Not specifically him not playing, but yeah, it was about him not playing. He's very upset. He is truly very like not happy with management and with the coaching about how they're handling this. And I don't understand how you couldn't be upset about it. It's he absolutely has every right to be upset about this because he's kind of it's not really Yarmo's fault, but at the same time, it is because it's his job to get those deals to get pushed through. And if he's getting fleeced on the other end, that is still his fault. Gavrikov sitting for what now seven straight games because they thought a trade was going to go through and they're trying to protect their assets, which I understand on that end. But then when it falls through and you're still not playing him, just you've got to be so frustrated. He loves playing hockey in general, not necessarily. He likes playing here. This is where he got drafted sixth round pick that's been developed into now what he is today. Uh, He loves playing hockey here in this city, but I I 100% would him siding with him and how frustrated he is with how it's been handled by the front office. Uh, 100%. He'll have sat out for a 10th of the season by the time he, if he gets <laughs> traded a 10th of the season, eight games. As our best defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. As our best defense, I think he's a better, better overall defenseman, defenseman, not scoring wise than Zach Wierenski. Yeah. In my opinion, I think defenseman, he has yeah. a better defensive game than Wierenski and Gubranson. 
and Andrew Peak and all those guys. He's the best one. He got brought up by Savard. He was under Savard's wing the entire time Savard was here. That's who he learned from. He played on a pairing with him for like three straight years. It was awesome. And Savard gets traded. Obviously, Gavrikov took that role. That's exactly what he's done. And now he's kind of getting the shaft from our front office after this. And it's it's crazy. It kind of makes the organization look like somewhat of a joke. Truly. It sucks. Well, yes. Well, and I think the two of you can speak more to this than I can since I've only been a fan for a handful of years. But this seems like the first year as we're approaching the trade deadline that so many more teams are doing this whole situation where they're holding people out of games for trade purposes or for whatever they want to label it. And like, it's so much so now that the league is talking about instilling like new rules because you're keeping these high level players. Like now they're Chicago's keeping Patrick Kane out of the lineup. Like, and there's still been no, you know, Chikrin's been out even longer than Gavrikov is like what, what nine, 10 games now. I think Chikrin, mm-hmm. something like that. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that that to me is, like, a strange thing. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen stuff like this before or if this is, like, a new phenomenon that teams are, like, we have to protect our assets at the trade deadline, so we're just not going to let them play for two weeks. Like, It's pretty new. I I don't know that I've – I mean, I don't know that I've paid that – I don't think I've ever seen this before where guys are sitting out six, seven – I've never heard for trade-related – issue like reasons before i've never heard that this is a brand new thing even listening to to elliot friedman nhl network tsn everything like that they're they're now using new terminology trade related reasons trr and they're all getting used to it as well so it's a weird thing that i think there should be some regulation on you can't just healthy scratch a guy because you don't want him to get hurt that's not that's that's not cool like people are coming to the arena to watch these guys play right it's the same thing, like the same thing's kind of happening in basketball right now. If you pay attention to the NBA, yeah, where guys are sitting out for two, three, four games at a time, uh, because they are load management and all this, yeah, all this load kind management. of falls into that saying. category. It, it's the same kind of situation, and I think there should be regulations against it. The fans come out and, and buy tickets because they want to come watch Gavrikov play, and if he's not in, then what the hell are you at the arena for if that's who you bought tickets to come see, you know? It's it's not necessarily fair for the people that pay all the money to come see them. Correct. And we've seen like a game, right? I think that's why like when, when Jacob Chikrin was originally scratched, because I think obviously like Jacob Chikrin was scratched before before Vlasov Gavrikov was, but I, I think that's why everybody thought that something was imminent with Jacob Chikrin because we've seen guys get scratched because there's something in the works and they know that something's going to happen. But I mean, the reality is, is like, the Coyotes have been trying to ship Jacob Chicken for the better part of two years now. And, and so like, yeah, couldn't obviously scratch him for the last two years, of course, but like, it's still just one of those things where it's, you look at the jackets the last seven games in which Vladislav Gavrikov has been scratched. They were against Minnesota on Sunday, then Edmonton, Minnesota, again, Arizona, Dallas, Winnipeg, and New Jersey. Arizona is the only team in that mix that's not fighting for a playoff spot. And you have to also think from a competitive perspective, like those teams essentially now the Jackets performed decently well over those seven games, given everything. But like, if you're talking about a team that's scratching its best defenseman that's available right now for seven games against teams that are fighting to get into the playoffs, like there's a competitive disadvantage there for teams that are not playing Columbus, right? Like there's like, there's actively an advantage going to those teams. And and 
there I can see why people are pissed. Like I get it. Yeah, I, like I said, I think there should be a regulation. There, there should be like maybe two, three games at a time, and then you have to play them. Something like that. I don't know what that looks like. There's people that are smarter than me that make those decisions. Supposedly, no, I mean, Gary Batman is supposedly smarter than all of us. I don't know. Uh, it's well, yeah, I don't know about all that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that there should be something where it's you can't just set a guy until you trade him. That, that almost just goes against like the spirit of the game, right? Am I wrong yeah. there where it's, uh, it's, it's like, what's the point of even playing the games then if you're just going to sit guys because they're worth money to you, it, it's money over the game at that point, which it's kind of always been, but then it really shows its ugly head at that point. Correct. Well, Kyle, we've had you on here for a while, so I could talk to you for two years, but <laughs> well, well, I have a couple more trades real quick to just go over just to say them. We don't necessarily have to dive too deep into them, although I am really perplexed by one of them. Um, so the Tampa Bay Lightning traded for Tanner Janot, and I don't know. Oh, that's the one I was talking about with the the typo, not the Meyer, Timo Meyer trade. I'm sorry. I mean, that trade is nuts. Like, that trade is yeah. absolutely yeah. crazy. That trade makes me wonder if somebody came to you with what the what Tampa Bay gave up for Tanner Janelle. Like, there are a handful of players on this team that I think are a really big part of the future that if I got this offer, I would think about it. I'm not saying what? I would do for- it. For those so, listening, who what was the deal? Yeah, so Tanner Janot, who is an RFA following this season, that's the only return for Tampa Bay. That is it. The Predators requ- acquired Cal Foot, which fucked the Foot family. I've got plenty of time to talk about that. Um, a 2025 first round pick, a 2024 second round pick, a 2023 third round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, and a 2023 fifth round pick. They traded their entire draft. They had they didn't they already didn't have a first and a second this year. They traded their third through fifth this year, a second round pick next year, and a first round pick in 2025. Which at this rate, like who knows how competitive they're going to be in 2025. <laughs> and so that could be a lottery pick. Like there's no protection on it from what I can tell. I what the fuck is <laughs> they they think they're going for it? Was it they are they they've won two straight? Janoto, like that's the piece that's gonna like. Hey, if anybody can make somebody like that work, it's it's Tampa. It is. Know? I mean, you're right. I Tampa has some kind of system. John Cooper down there has some kind of system working, dude. Where it's it's it doesn't matter who you plug in. Who look at Pat Pat Maroon, like the guys that that yeah. were there two years ago that were that were winning with those guys that aren't there anymore. That it just like you forgot they even played there, but they were still the best. It's it's three guys up front. It's. Stamkos and Kucherov and who the fuck – I don't even know who else plays on that line with them. Great in point. And then you got Hedman on the back end. Vasilevsky. You have four guys that make that entire team. You can plug anybody else into that system right now, and it works, which is awesome. That is is a GM, a head coach, and your star players being on the same page. That's exactly what it looks like. And it is is so – it's fun to watch, to be honest with you. It's it's what – it's how an NHL franchise should be run. If that's what they feel like they need to give up after the last seven years of that franchise being in existence of how good they've been, if that's what they feel like they need to give up to win another one, I yeah, I think that was the right price for that. Truly. I, I don't see why people are so mad about it. I mean, it is what it is. And if they can win one, then hell yeah, go for Here's it. Here's the question for both of you. If I said that that was the return, and I need you to like forget about the fact that it's a member of the Foot family that was part of the return. 
Um, because all things aside, Calfoot's not a bad defenseman. He's he's okay. Who on this team that is a prospect who's made the NHL would you consider giving up for that deal? Oh, go ahead, Laura. A fir- Damn, he really threw you under the bus. Laura, I do the he same did. shit to you all the time. <laughs> Kyle and I, uh, this is why we work. Um, <laughs> We're talking about Calfoot. A 2025 first round pick, a 2024 second round pick, a 2023 third round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, and a 2023 fifth round pick. We're talking five draft picks and a a decent defenseman. You said Ken Johnson? You're not a Ken Johnson fan, though. No, I I wasn't. I wasn't at first. I thought that maybe he wasn't going to adjust well. I was 100% wrong. He is adjusting very well, and he's playing very well. His puck handling is only going to get better and it's so good right now but i would i'd give up ken johnson for that paul that's that's a hell of a for one guy that's it's crazy yeah. and like a guy who's about to be an rfa that you're probably gonna have to pay anyway like i mean it's Dude, if laura, you say marcheco laura i am getting off this call right now i would never <laughs> <laughs> i love him <laughs> um no i'm like trying to figure out well, it's hard because you have but to play think... imagine you have to play imaginary where like the other team just agrees to it because in my head I'm like Cole Sillinger, but like that Cole Sillinger wouldn't get that. Like you know what I mean? So it's like it's hard to like leverage that. Yeah, and you also you have, ugh, ugh. I think I'd have to go with Kent too because he's the one. I mean, it's it sucks for us on on a side point where it's like because the future or whatever but <laughs> i mean our future is yeah, also fuck <laughs> yeah fuck our future but like but you look at people like who who are gonna have coming up like jordan dumay and like david yurchak and all these people like we we could maybe give up kent like and it would be okay still like what our pipeline mm. is doing right now which i think is a hard concept for people especially when we're sucking ass as much as we are like what our pipeline is doing right now scientific term by the way (laughs) sucking ass ass, yeah (laughs) okay i figured um but i mean i like him but we could people will be pissed like people would be super super pissed like just the amount of pissed off people were the other day when it was rumored that Boston asked about Olivier with with Gavrikov. Like, I thought people were like freaking out over someone asking about like Patrick or Johnny. Like, I love Olivier too. I think he's been one of the better parts of that we took on this season. But people would freak out about Kent. But I do think we could we could do that yeah, if that, if we were in Absolutely. that scenario yeah you'd be probably, you'd be crazy not to take that deal if they were yeah Can't i wouldn't be that. mad adam boquist i would maybe think about for that package people I are going to be wary he about be him though. He, yeah he's, he's i need no, him to I play know. a full season before he's worth anything i know i'm cheating i'm picking guys that aren't worth that value and i'm like it'd be a great deal <laughs> i'm like an asshole yeah. for that but Warinsky. Jack Rosslick. <laughs> so, I, another question to pose to the room as we begin to wrap this one up. There have obviously, we've talked about like plenty of players throughout like the last few weeks about, you know, 
their availability, whether or not they're going to be traded. Corpy, you know, obviously Gavrikov, Nyquist. Who is who is the black horse? If there was going to be a player that got traded that you were not that you're not hearing of every day from the pundits, who do you all think would get moved? Oh, if, if I gave you uh, a free bet to place right now. Boone, right? I mean, I know he's kind of been – Boone's been in kind of the cycle a little, rumored here and there about maybe teams are interested, but I think it's Boone. I, I think teams are interested in Boone for center depth. Like He's a third-line center on a cup team, uh, yeah. an hour first-line center at the moment. Um, I'm not saying anything that people don't know, right? That's not – I'm not going to shock anybody with that, right? Not. Uh but yeah, I, I think it's Boone. I think Boone people are teams are interested in Boone Jenner. Um, he is a fan favorite as Felina was. He was basically born and raised here, right? He's been here for seven years, eight years now, uh, ever since he was drafted. And he's been he's been good. He's been great ever since he's been. And then he gets to see if they trade him after the <laughs> after the as soon as they give him the captaincy, then that'd be a little shitty, but I think I think it's Boone. I think Boone is the guy that we could see get traded in a in a package deal. And at that point, I think that I would uh yeah, let's let's pack it up and go cheer for another team. Huh? Yeah, you're you're basically More selling yourself. Oh, I've already proclaimed the fact that um there would be some words said um if you sell away the heart and soul of this team. Um oh god. Um dark horse no i mean no one's gonna take his contract but like they could and trade elvis oh please oh my god did you just say that did you just say that i mean that would be the most over (laughs) tied with boone the amount of rant you're gonna have to mute my microphone like if that happens or just record without me because that would be the most unexpected situation. Um, but I mean, stranger things have happened. I uh, would be devastated personally, but it would feel like when Cam got traded, I would have to literally tell you with such gentleness that that had happened. Kyle, yeah. I don't know if we've ever told you that story. Laura, stop. <laughs> oh, before Chick like, was such a good one to get back. It was good. I've was- I've learned to love him, <laughs> but in the in the moment, I yeah, for like I had to take a depression nap. I was yeah, so you sad. Upstairs. You just went to bed because I ha- thank God I was with you. I'm glad you were not alone. <laughs> it would have uh, been bad news. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But now oh. Cam may never play again, so who knows? <laughs> Is that I, is that what is it the same thing as Voracek now? Or they both never way. made play? Yeah, it depends on how he. They've been real hush hush about how he's recovered from his neck surgery. So, oh boy. Um, so I'm trying to like ease myself into the possibility that he may never play again. So. Well, we'll know. Like regardless, he's going to come back here and teach like youth hockey in this city. Yeah. So uh, we know that much is Without going to happen. So we can always find comfort there. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he I, he sold his house and then bought it back again three months later. So <laughs> he's again. dedicated. It'll be interesting. I look at the defenseman other than Vladislav Gavrikov. That's where my black horse lies. I'm picking a field of players there by saying that, and that's kind of cheating. 
But when I look at some of the players that this team has, I mean, there is there is a little bit of a clog at defense, especially when you start to look toward like the middle pair, the bottom pair. And so I wouldn't be surprised if somebody got dealt. I mean, it's obviously going to have to be somebody healthy. Uh, so, I mean, you're not going to trade a Jake B in, in this situation because no team is going to want him. <laughs> if he can't play. You know, this team. Correct. <laughs> right. So, like, you've now. got this, like, log jam of players. I'm not saying oh. – I'm not saying this, guys. But if if the right deal came across Yarmo's desk for Nick Blankenberg – you you tell me that Nick Blankenberg is not somebody oh. that you would want on a playoff team. Injury prone, baby. Yeah, well, get him out do. of here before he gets hurt again. Just so, saying, like that's my that's my dark horse. I don't think it's gonna happen, but that is my dark horse of if somebody was gonna make a move that really surprised me, and I think would surprise everybody, it would be Nick Blankenberg. And I, if I'm not wrong, this is did he technically burn off that first year of his two year deal last year? No. I think that he that. hit nine or nine games or ten games, which is like right at the minimum. It was one of the two. So that this is his, technically his first season. I'm pulling up. I believe. Cap Fred. Yeah. Looking, so he is. Yeah. Looking. So he's got another year. Um, okay. So okay. that helps. That helps. Um, but also talk about another person that would just send fans into like pandemonium. God almighty. Like. My day. Oh God! Um, <laughs> line A was rumored, right? There was rumors of Line A, yeah, that, that of him moving. I don't see it happening. I don't think Yarmo's ready to give fans up into pandemonium. I don't think that Yarmo's opposed to giving up on the arm or on the Patrick <laughs> Line A experiment. It's more so I don't know any team that's currently trying to make a run that is going to make a trade for him that can afford it because not that would not, be a lot. In, not in terms of assets, but like in terms of literal cap space i mean yeah are the jackets gonna retain 50 percent of his salary for the next four years three years hell no, no. like i yeah. hope not so we shall see we shall see but kyle is there anything else that we haven't talked about on this one that you've got on your mind is there a rant that's brewing inside of you that was stewed up during this recording or you feeling pretty are you hopping off of this one feeling pretty okay I'm feeling pretty good. I, I think I, I got everything I needed to get out and I've got another one on Wednesday with the artillery if I need to get the rest of it out. But uh, all, all the chronically online people that maybe may or may not listen to podcasts just to hear what I have to say so they can call me stupid. Uh, you guys are fucking idiots. Uh, that's <laughs> fine. And and you always will be. Uh, you're sad. You're a couple. You're a bunch of sad, miserable fucks uh, that just love to just prey on my downfall and that's fine. So continue doing that. Wow. Uh, I'll continue doing good things and we can all just live harmoniously. You know, uh, that's, I think it's all I got though. God, I love you. I'm so happy you were here. <laughs> this is so much fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. It's been great. Of yes, course. And we, well, will, we will always be your number one fans, Kyle. So ah, don't, I love you too so much. My don't worry about that. Unbelievable. Well, Kyle, I'll throw it to you to give all of your plugs that you want to do before I throw it over to Laura to, to do our plugs. But feel free, plug all of the things. Anything yeah, you can think at, of, fair game. On Twitter, at uh, Kyle S. Artillery, same with Instagram. And then check out the Artillery Podcast. The Artillery Podcast, we don't we don't know shit. We play games. We just we just get really drunk and then just talk shit. That's all we do. So if you got a problem with it, you know, then come tell me about it. That's cool. And I'll tell you why you're an idiot. I just did. 
so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. So the artillery podcast and I, I gotta stop calling people idiots. That's just so mean. I don't mean it. I really yeah. don't mean it. I don't mean it. I get it's what just you mean. Certain, it's like a few. It's a very select few amount of people that. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not, I came on here just to just to cause problems. Apparently, somebody has Never. to. Laura and I are very conflict avoidant, so we really need somebody every now and again to just start some shit on the show. <laughs> so I, I love well, it. I'm very conflict avoidant. You, however, sometimes like to partake certain activities and then blow shit up so i dabble i dabble every now and again but uh kyle wait up until the point where you just said your username on twitter i have never i always thought that you just like it was kyle's artillery i just now i mean kyle my my last name is spencer so kyle s artillery but also kyle's artillery because it's my artillery and it's jordan's artillery and it's warren's artillery it's all of our artillery so you know it's just, I love that. We can all have our own artillery. Yeah. And if you learned anything from this show today, it's that everyone can have their own artillery. <laughs> that's correct. Yes. Everybody but maybe don't. Maybe don't. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, that's like maybe an insightful sentence. And I'm going to hold it to my Hey, America, mind. right? Everybody can own the, everybody can have their own well, gun fun. artillery. Come America. on. That is true. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Oh, say. Anyway, Laura. <laughs> Laura, you let the folks know where they can find us at. Absolutely. So you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. You can check out our website, uh, which Jeremy so lovingly designed for us, uh, subjectivelyspeaking.com. And then... Kyle, you once told me that I need to talk about our merch store more. So we do have a merch store, subjectivelymerch.com, which will, again, Jeremy, this serves as your uh, reminder to text Stephen and see how those new designs are coming. But it is subjectivelymerch.com. And then lastly, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It's our favorite number. And yeah, we don't know how algorithms work. So just like things and subscribe and help us get noticed so we can bring more people to our community. But other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. That we do. And also, we can't give enough love to, to Kyle. So please show some love and, and go follow. If you're listening to our show, you know who Kyle is. Like, you know, like about the artillery. Maybe. So I'm not, if you don't, that's cool. We, I mean, we also talk about you quite frequently yeah, on the show, Kyle. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm flattered. Yes, it's usually to talk shit, but like every now and again, it's nice. That's fair, as you should, but, as everybody else does. <laughs> please get in line. Sure. Yeah, yeah, little bit, little do we know that we're a part of that like rant that he went on before we we did our plug. But <laughs> we're uh, the idiots, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we appreciate you tuning into this one. Hopefully, when we join you on Friday, we've got a bunch of shit to talk about. Hopefully, some stuff happens and we can record an episode on Thursday. It'll mean something. And hopefully, as you're listening to this episode, it's it hasn't been uh, totally invalidated by something that has happened in the NHL over the course of the 12 hours between recording and, and publishing it. But until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, make sure you take care of yourselves and take care of one another. And we will talk to you all soon. Bye.